Dead men tell no tales. Fifty men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. It's the daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I don't know how many times I actually have to say it, but as gibbeted gluttons for punishment, we break out the rum and explore not just the films, but the expanded universe and all things Pirates in additional scurvy-ridden episodes each week. It's the first and longest-running Pirates of the Caribbean fan cast, which broadcasts five and sometimes six freaking bloody days a week. It's hard to believe with such a robust movie and expanded universe and the world's most popular ride, that lowly little us should be the ones to have the first Pirates of the Caribbean dedicated podcast. Trendsetters? Well, maybe semi-trendsetters. Well, you know, maybe nested trendsetters in the movies by menace genre. Eh, we're in there somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere we're there. Somewhere. Anyways, I'm Scott Artist from scottartist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from blackpearlminute.com. Well, well, well. Doug Barbeau hit one out of the park when he messaged us a welcome back to the airwaves. Or internet waves. Or cast waves. Some waves at least. Something like that, right? Something. I'm not sure. His words of excitement and encouragement were short and sweet. Something that will definitely fuel us through all 150 episodes. They give us that strength to proceed full force, that inspiration that just fills our hearts with glee. His message, bout damn time, LOL. (laughs) Now that's some classic motivation technique right there. We're all about the truth around here for sure. Pirate truth anyways. Thanks for the last Doug and listening, bout damn time. It really is. It took us long enough to get back to the daily episode grind. What do you think? Yeah, It did take us a bit too long. A bit too long, yeah. Hope not everybody left. <laughs> Do I hear crickets back, out there? Yeah. Do I hear crickets out there? Thanks for joining us for minute three of Dead Man's Chest. You ready to rock and roll with some wedding day happy thoughts here? <laughs> An ode to happy blushing brides around the world. I was rock and rolling. I know. I tried no to ignore it. Whatsoever. I tried to ignore I mean, it. At least a negative something. <laughs> I was trying to be nice for one thing. And then that's, ignore it. No, that's Some things are better left unsaid, possibly, right? Maybe. There you go. I didn't want the internet to hate me and the listeners to hate me. So I was trying to be nice to you by not saying anything at all. So you're, so you're showing fakery. That's right. I shunned you. I see. <laughs> you were shunned. <laughs> it's a weird office reference, actually. Yes. It could be. In the previous minute, the happiest day in a woman's life. A day she's been planning since a little corset-wearing girl. A day that could only take a backseat to, say, hmm, your first robbery. You know, stealing a prized heirloom from a little unconscious escape with his life shipwrecked boy. 
Talking to you, Elizabeth Swan. Ah, the dreams of being a pirate and plundering innocent towns. Yeah, like I said, I'm talking to you, Miss Swan. Payback's a bitch. Unfortunately, it was your wedding day. And kids out there, that's why you don't mess with Aztec curses or steal cursed Aztec gold. This message brought to you by Disneyland, Pirates of the Caribbean. A place to uphold your morals and thieving pirates and bride auctions. All that good, fun, wholesome <laughs> stuff. But worry not, Elizabeth. Help is surely on the way as a reputable and honest East India company is on the way to salvage your big day. Your precious day. Minute three begins with Elizabeth Swan staring upon the ocean from her abandoned wedding altar. The aisle is empty and the seats open, except for a mysterious man in black who walks in behind her. The soldiers continue to make their way through the town and arrive at the blacksmith shop only to kick in the door and enter with bayonets at the ready. The minute ends with Will Turner and Elizabeth amongst the soldiers. Governor Weatherby Swan addresses Cutler Beckett who replies, It's Lord now, actually. Governor fires back, Lord or not, you have no reason and no authority to arrest this man. Pointing at Will, by the way. Cutler responds, in fact, I do. Which is an interesting way to end the minute He's with I do. Married? That's what I'm wondering. It's about <laughs> a wedding day here. He just thinks he can come in and bulldoze and get Elizabeth to marry him. Oh, is that what's going on or here? Or is he trying to arrest Will and he says I do? No judgment here on our parts. We're an open, free podcast. We embrace all people. Yes, we do. Except scurvy-ridden Lord Cutler Beckett's those bastages. <laughs> but yeah, a well-timed I do when we're talking about spoiled weddings. Looks like a he's well a rainy ending, day too late. A well-ending to the minute. Exactly. Well, well, well. This certainly is not the best way to kick off your new life as wife of one William Turner there, Miss Swan. For crying out loud, he's a spitting image of Bootstrap Bill. That's my ode to Cursed Black Pearl, but I... <laughs> Actually, didn't do it right. That's a spin image of Bootstrap Bill. <laughs> Remember when I tried to actually do that voice? Not that I succeeded here, but I couldn't even do it during the podcast when it was most appropriate in Curse of the Black Pearl. That sticks with me. Yeah. That was such a failed attempt. We could sit here and think about it and just all shake our heads, tilt your head to one side and kind of shake it and go, ah, oh, those are the good old days. The Curse of the Black Pearl, the movie that started it all. But no, Dead Man's Chest. We get about 20 more seconds of this rich score... Versus minimal sound in this minute. We talked about it yesterday. This idea that the m music or the musical score is doing all the work instead of the sound. So all the sound recordings and all that stuff. Not the, the ambient actors. Sounds, not the actor sounds. Not they're no, gurgling the actors up. aren't doing all the work. It's the music that's doing the work. The musical department. Yes. The, the score master general is the one they're who They're making all the excitement in this minute. Exactly. And you know what's funny is we should probably i don't have it on my notes but maybe i'll bring it up tomorrow then so we should really talk about the the music i mean we've talked about it so much in this podcast so far and we haven't even really gotten into the music and who's even doing it so uh, stay tuned for tomorrow let's uh, just say that so day late dollar short yeah usual. it will be yeah <laughs> falls right in with what we do normally yeah day late dollar short ah get your entertainment here just a day late yeah continuing to let the music set the mood but come pleading or allowing certain elements to be highlighted with sound effects that's uh like i said i loved it for instance rain and thunder accentuate the real and metaphorical stormy weather going on here which notice how i said that real and metaphorical stormy weather going on yes because of the tumultuous relationship with uh elizabeth swan and a uh, wedding day and no wedding day the big element is when the soldiers kick open the blacksmith shop's door and only Really have the sound effect that rises above the scores, the clink of the shackles as they unfurl, which is just mm, yes. really great. Yeah. 
that's what I really like about this use of just small sound clips and sound effects. The Foley department is going all out on making some of these sounds here. But the whole idea is that you're not getting any sounds, but then you're just highlighting certain ones that are really that dramatic effect. Like nothing says happy wedding day when shackles are unfurling, you know, on your big day. You should know that. Then there's also Elizabeth getting up and dropping her bouquet. And the bouquet makes a sound as it hits the ground. So shackles, bouquet being dropped. And this is right about, here I go again, I'm going to call out a certain second, second 20 in this particular minute that soldiers are escorting Will, who's in change, by the way, not change, change. not change. It almost made me want to break out into a Brady Bunch song, (laughs) but who's in chains. And that's the point where we start to get the ambient sounds and the musical score settles down a little bit. So right about second 20, that's when you actually start getting the sound in. And that's when Will's being escorted in. The musical score starts to drop. And we're actually getting uh, ambient sounds and the people making noises. Acting. The actors are making noises. Those noisy guys. <laughs> Did you notice that Will is dapper in a Sunday best here? Oh, it's really all decked out. It's like <laughs> he's he going to a wedding or something. Something. I don't know what's going on, really. Well, nobody does yet, but he appears to be going to a wedding. Appears, but he must have walked away and ditched the wedding. I don't know what happened, but that's what I call a wedding outfit. Screw tuxedos. Give me a coat with rickrack and tapestry vest. <laughs> of course, the big hat. A very big hat. And now you got yourself a wedding. That is way better. That's made for the day. Yeah, it's way better than a tuxedo. I mean, that. Dapper Dan. The soldiers escorting Will are also stone-faced. Yeah, I used that to describe Elizabeth yesterday. But it's indeed true. Look at those guys. Dead serious. Along with the cloudy, dark day. It's such a contrast to all the... Bright white flowers and things that are on the vines. You notice yes. that? Yeah. Because I love the entire feel. From the sound to visuals in this opening sequence, there's a lot of contrasting stuff going on here. You have a lot of dark, and then you have just spots of kind of brightness. It reminds me of what's that movie with Tobey Maguire and whoever else was in that. What's her name? can't think of her name Shall right I now. let you struggle, or do you want me to tell you the yeah, name you of the movie? T- you can tell me the name of the movie. Pleasantville? Yeah, Pleasantville. Reminds me of that. It's kind of all dark gray. and then Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. And then you have some splotches of color that are thrown in. And it really throws it. I'm getting deja vu like we talked about this movie on this podcast before. It's possible. Either that or you've heard this minute in the future. Maybe. Time traveler. But that's what I like is there's these like splotches of color that happen in a rather dark tone so it's almost like you get some hope that things are going to work out or that there's maybe just a glimmer of hope out there that something good will come of this you know in a movie called dead man's chest (laughs) that something will happen but there are these like flowers that are pretty bright when will is walking down that corridor in the church area there with the soldiers escorting him those red coats yes and I thought that was pretty cool. And the soldiers with the gold? Yeah, but we haven't gotten there yet. The dudes in gold, as I like to call them. They're standing there. Yeah, but I haven't. They're not in my notes yet, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we have to go by my notes. When my notes say dudes in gold. You were talking about up, color. Yeah, you can I throw was them in there. pointing that out. Yeah, because they are too. Okay, we'll say the dudes in gold also are bright, but they're not good, happy thought, hope guys. They're actually part of the Stone soldier face. crew. Yeah, I don't like that. But I do like the flowers, and I think that they're bright and they stand out, and I'm not sure if there's some kind of symbol for that or not, besides maybe Elizabeth will 
have her wedding at least at some point. Or like we said, she maybe she's going to marry Lord Cutler Beckett. Maybe. He's already saying I do. He's practicing that. Maybe that's why she's all sad. Oh, because Lord Cutler Beckett hadn't arrived and the wedding got rained out. He's showing up and it's like, finally, he's there. Maybe. That's very interesting. And I always thought maybe Will was the one, but no. Little stodgy Cutler Beckett, that jerk. (laughs) You don't even know the guy yet. (laughs) And you're called a jerk and stodgy. Anybody who just rides up on a wedding with their soldier friends. Yeah, that's not good. Mind you... Riding up to a wedding with your soldier friends, unless you're actually in the military for the United States, go military. Thank you for your service. That's okay. I'm talking about 18th century dudes riding up on Elizabeth Swan's wedding. Let's not get those confused there. They're not supposed to be there? Those guys aren't. I thought they were part of the wedding party. (laughs) Well, Lord Cutler Beckett thinks they are. It's always the proper gentleman. First thing Will really says is how beautiful Elizabeth looks. He's been handcuffed. She comes up to him, you know, the disheveled, wet-looking Elizabeth Swan, (laughs) and he says how beautiful she is. I mean, like I said, he's really the proper gentleman at all times. This guy is thinking ahead. That's the only thing I can think of. Clearly, he realizes the wedding day is ruined. Her day is ruined. Now he's getting arrested. Not because of him. How do you know? Well, I don't know what the stuff is yet. Actually, yeah, we don't know, but it's possible it could be because of him. He was just hanging out in the blacksmith shop. Yeah, but it could be something that he did because we don't know yet, but we'll just kind of wink, wink, nod, nod. I mean, if there's any hope at all, any hope that the Aztec gods could possibly smile on this cursed relationship and deliver him and Elizabeth to their wedding night, he better choose his words wisely. (laughs) And he does. He's thinking ahead. He's like, I can't possibly be getting arrested. I'm going to be marrying the governor's daughter. And that means that this is all just a big misunderstanding. We can get the show on the road and get on to the honeymoon. That's what he's thinking. Now, if he said something like, Jesus, you look wet. wet. And <laughs> like a hideous. drowned rat. Yeah. Drowned yeah. rat. Then wedding night is a whole different ballgame for him. So he's thinking ahead. He is uh, he's smart on that. Well, no. I have to agree. I mean, even a wet Elizabeth is not sore on the eyes. High five, Will. Good job. <laughs> Mission I mean, accomplished. come on. <laughs> if you successfully get out of this precarious situation, you will have a happy wedding night. That's his uh, yes. moral to that tale. And apparently, Heather will too, commenting on Elizabeth there. Just make sure you do put out your valuables. You know, make sure you put the valuables out of her reach or something. <laughs> She'll steal your gold. She, she doesn't steal your Aztec gold. Yeah. Just keep your Aztec gold in a different room. Just don't have your cursed Aztec necklace around your neck. <laughs> oh, she was only 12 years old at the time. Hey, once a thief, always a thief. <laughs> I was going to say Elizabeth was getting a bit whiny and fussy here. But then again, it's an emotional day. So I think I'm going to let this one slide. The one thing I won't stand for, though, is if Elizabeth gets as whiny as Anakin Skywalker. Oh, God. She even hints at saying Annie. If she says Annie, I'll slap her down. <laughs> I hate that. Padme, you ever say Annie again, I'll beat you down. Not that I endorse uh, men beating women, but in this case, it might be justified. (laughs) Annie. How dare they? That's Darth Vader you're talking about, and you're calling him Annie? Okay, sorry about that tangent there. (laughs) Still still a little bit frustrated on that. (laughs) It's only been many years. It has, but it is still there. But she is getting, you can see the fussiness start to build up when she approaches him. She's about to start to cry. 
Do you blame her? That's what I said. She's I been sitting go. in a rain in her wedding day. Well, that's her fault. There are some eaves there. Well. Yeah. Yeah, but why is she sitting in the rain looking sad? That's what I don't know. Will was just hammering away in the blacksmith shop. Yeah, see? She's like, in why his are best you suit? Yeah, why are you in the blacksmith shop when you should be here? Exactly. So here's the good point in my notes. What's with the dudes in gold? See, you ruined it. Because I could have had dudes in gold in my notes. But you wanted to call out them dudes earlier. They are the brightest things in this group in this shot. And don't they know they're not supposed to outshine the bride? I mean, that's just wedding 101. Exactly. How dare they? Is basically what I have to say. What a wedding faux pas, for crying out loud. Seriously, I'm not sure what's up with them and why they're standing out in this crowd. Probably something maybe I should have looked up or tried to research. It's like, let me think. 18th century dudes in gold. What if I Google that? What what happens there? (laughs) What happens there? It appears since one of the dudes in gold takes Cutler's jacket or another one. I don't know if it's one of the two or if it's a different guy. I don't know if he has a a gaggle of dudes in gold that are just at his beck and call. But maybe there's his assistants or manservants, perhaps. Not manservants in a bad way. Not like manservants with a little something on the side. Just regular assistants and manservants. Wow, Cutler really does like his men flashy. (laughs) He really does. I mean, if I didn't have such a good listener comment about about damn time, which I think is going to be the title of this episode, Cutler likes his men flashy would be the title. But Doug, he got it. He's already won out. But uh, subtitle, Cutler likes his men flashy. Elizabeth does say that it is bad luck for the groom to see the bride before the wedding. Well, my lady, it's a bit late for bad luck. I think right now you are wishing for bad luck. This is like mega bad luck. And it reminds me of what you said, Heather, the other day during this scene when we were watching it. You said, bad luck, unless you're going to get married on the noose. Now, happy day to you. I said that. Oh, I didn't. That's Heather's happy thoughts for a wedding. Heather's like. I totally forgot about that. Unless you're getting married on a noose. That's, uh, that's Heather's go-to. That's what she writes on. She goes to a wedding. She says, well, in the wedding card or the toast, well, at least you're not getting married on a noose. It's always good advice, too, for a wedding. Don't get married on the noose. I thought I was actually the Debbie Downer. You talk about me hanging around and that kind of stuff. I mean, you're actually talking about hanging weddings. This is a whole new concept. I mean, that you know, has to put wait. you in the first place for ominous comments. You don't actually have to drop the board. You could just be on the noose. This is like almost as bad as Dwight Schrute in the office where they're getting married standing in their own grave. <laughs> this is actually us taking that a step further because they're on the noose when this is happening. <laughs> oh, man. Heather and her hanging weddings. It's an interesting theme. You know, you got all kinds of themes. You, you have pirate theme weddings. You have uh, scuba diving weddings and zombie weddings. Next one. Noose hand yeah, weddings. Noose, noose hangings. Hangings. The hanging what about wedding. guillotine? Guillotine weddings are cool too. Yeah. Bride Be goes little, first. A little difficult <laughs> to first. give kisses. Bride goes first, so it's always best. <laughs> Bride goes first. Women go first. Then the guy can jilt her at the altar. Oh, my God. And you just got one. Governor Swan is pissed. There's no doubt about it. There is no question that Jonathan Price brings the acting hammer down on this scene. He steals the scene as far as I'm concerned. He kills it. He shoots, he scores, and makes that delivery happen. 
Yes. He just really comes out of the box with that. The timid governor we saw hiding from the skeletons on the Black Pearl back in, oh, Curse of the Black Pearl. He's now a fighting man. See a little skeleton fighting courage? Or skeleton hand fighting courage? (laughs) You know, when you really beat down a skeleton hand. And then shove it in a drawer? Yeah, it can change your life. It gives you that courage to just move forward. And he does. So I'm glad to see that he put that experience to good use. But you saw when he came out, this isn't curse, but we're going to go back. When he comes out of the cabin. All proud. All proud and woo-hoo-hooing it up with the other soldiers who beat him down. Yeah. You know that that courage had to come back into play. And I'm glad to see Dead Man's Chest makes that happen. As Governor is engaging his fighting words, let's just say. Well, and hot under the collar. Cutler is maintaining his composure. Completely calm. The perfect juxtaposition between him and Weatherby. And I think it works really well. It just shows the two different character traits. Kind of the, what the hell is going on? A guy protecting his father. (laughs) Father. A guy (laughs) protecting his daughter. I don't even know what that is. Some Freudian (laughs) slip thing there or not. But yeah, he's really going all out to do that. Because it's almost more of an emotional response. That's the difference. He's fighting to save his daughter who's being arrested. Or Will's being arrested. Damn it. I think I maybe have spoiled something there. Totally. You didn't know. Yeah, I did. I said Will. It was an accident. Just an accident. Oh, now you guys are going to have to see minute four. Hey, they'll get to there tomorrow. (laughs) Fighting to, to save somebody from arrest, we'll just say. To protect his daughter. He's protecting his, his daughter. His, his daughter's fiance. That left her at the altar. Yeah, but still, he's fighting to say that. He's having that emotional response. And Cutler is maintaining his complete composure there. He's the one with confidence. He knows he's the one who's holding all the cards right now. And it shows really that take charge kind of attitude with Cutler. And you think the governor is running the show. But then when Lord Cutler Beckett keeps calm... It really gives you that clue as an audience, as you're watching it, that I don't think the governor is in charge of this. This guy's way too calm. He knows something the governor doesn't. That's the tip off for the audience. And that backs up everything that we've seen in all these minutes we've covered so far, the past couple, since we're only on minute three, (laughs) of his entrance in that he was mysterious. He's kind of this power figure that comes in on the horse. Those poor soldiers are having to row him and his horse to shore. Row your horse to shore. Hallelujah. Okay, we're not going to sing. But I don't think that's the song. It's not oh. row your horse to shore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new thing. This is like a weird Al Yankovic moment here. Where <laughs> Heather's now putting lyrics to other songs. Isn't it Michael, row your boat to shore? No. Not row your horse to shore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's completely different. <laughs> May the horse be with you. And also with you. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying before we just went off on that crazy tangent, is that the cutler, Beckett here, is, is the one who is having this in-charge moment. By the way, why is Elizabeth sitting in the rain? Again, I got to come back to that. I don't know. Everyone else is avoiding getting wet, yet she is drowning her s- sorrows in this wet weather. Come on, why be depressed? The rain will clear and you can have your big day. Well, my question is, isn't the bride the last to show to a wedding? Yeah, exactly. So what is she doing? I don't know. Maybe all these people made her work. Maybe in the 18th century, the bride actually had to do all the work. (laughs) She had to do all the setup and the cooking and everything. 
But make the best of it, Elizabeth. But then again, not everyone is an optimist like me around here. I know you rolled your eyes, but you're the one who wants to have a hanging wedding. So (laughs) I know who's the optimist. It's like me and you, really, Heather. You are always the pessimist, and I look for the good in things. Yeah, yeah, sure you do. So all the people that are gathering behind Governor Swan, is that the people that are there for the wedding? Or is that just like people following all the guards because it takes that many guards to take down a Will Turner? Wow, you're and, really giving a lot of power to Will Turner. And maybe Will Turner is being arrested because he wasn't at the wedding. <laughs> so like in the olden days when you could put out a, a warrant for somebody jilting you at the wedding. This is the olden of, days. It's a breach of contract. Exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> Governor Swan called in Lord Cutler Beckett to arrest Will because he didn't show. He's yeah. a no-show. It's possible. And all the people that are behind Governor Swan just followed the guards in. <laughs> got a bunch of looky-loos. <laughs> yeah. Just following in. I'm assuming that those are the actual guests to the wedding. They're the smart ones. In, along with the governor shade? That are not under the shade. I mean, the shade the doesn't cover. block you from rain. Anybody out there, don't run to under the shade the to get out of rain. <laughs> That's not going to help. Although sometimes the shade means that there is a cover over exactly. you. So I guess in a roundabout way, you're kind of correct. Yeah, kind of. I doubt it was on purpose, but it's interesting that when Cutler enters the scene, the big mystery man reveal thing that's going on here, the weather changes. Yeah. Did it you get, notice it that? It got blue skies and it well, was still it go, rain. Oh. It wouldn't go that far. I mean, you got the dark, ominous rain is giving rise to a break in the clouds. So you're seeing some sunny breaks some in the clouds. blue sky. I don't know. Oh, I have seen blue sky. Okay, you saw blue sky. This is especially apparent when we get him in the full frame. The clouds have broken behind him and the sun is poking through. If the clouds have broken, does it make blue it's sky? It's kind of misty colored. <laughs> I'm sure this shoot happened over multiple days, which accounts for it. But it pairs well with the heat of the moment calming down. That's how I talk it. That's how I think about it. <laughs> now, I mean, it's not adrenaline thing. But now it's a logic and reason thing. Yeah. So that whole stormy explosion with Governor Swan can kind of calm down and have more of a a reason-based approach. Like, what's going on? And figure this out. Surely this must be a mistake. You know, we can, I'm sure we can do something with this. Yeah. You didn't answer my question. Why did it take so many guards to take down Will? We don't know that yet. And you're just... You've seen how many, look how many guards broke into the blacksmith shop. I know what you're... I know what you're getting at, but now you want me to spoil stuff I don't want here. you to spoil anything. Well, I have an answer to that, but I can't answer it without spoiling. Okay. I'll wait. So you can't answer. We'll, we'll, we'll pin this one. Well, you better make a note of it to re- come back to it. Okay. But let's just say that the leader of Port Royal is getting deposed by the new guy coming in. Kind of like a coup d'etat. There you go. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Cutler Beckett. Lord Cutler Beckett. He's probably worth a mention. How about we just cover the actor and then we can leave the Beckett backstory until tomorrow or so? Okay. So Lord Cutler Beckett is none other than Tom Hollander. Connecting back to some full circle Black Pearl show stuff here now, Tom had a recurring character in a number of episodes of Taboo. And Taboo, as I'm sure everybody recalls, was mentioned just once yesterday while talking about the dead man's chest origin. I said Taboo, the TV serial. Yeah, you did. There you go. So for all those that are looking for full circle action on the Black Pearl show, Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, you just got it. From minute two to minute three. Boom. (laughs) Circle. Circle happening. Definitely, he's a working actor. 
and he's slated for the upcoming Jungle Book remake. Perhaps you remember there were two Jungle Books in production? You don't, by the way you're looking at me. And I know we talked about Jungle it. Jungle Book just came out. How can you have a remake? Yeah, one came out earlier this year, or maybe last year. I don't remember now. And there was this version that he's in that's headed to theaters in 2018. This one actually has uh, Andy Serkis in it. He's the uh, Gollum, you know, my precious. Yeah, I know who Gollum is. And he's the actor who does the the tracking and does all the stuff with that. Okay. And he was also in Planet of the Apes. He is Caesar. Oh, okay. So he is the one who's in that. But yeah, there was two Jungle Book remakes. And I think they held up one because there was another one that came out. So they decided to push it instead of having two come out. Which Jungle Book do we want to go to in the theater today? (laughs) But Tom has a lot of TV work under his belt. And he has a number of movies as well, including notable Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. The period miniseries John Adams. And he played King George III. And then he was also in Elizabeth the Golden Age. Plus lots of other British fare. He's British. Therefore, he's in British television shows. Makes sense. He's no doubt perfect for those roles. And given his performance in the Pirates franchise... I think that's correct. So, uh, so be it, uh, Tom Hollander. Was he evil in those roles also? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But I don't recall. I don't think so. Little stodgy evil person. <laughs> but I almost forgot. And oh, this no. is the big thing. Don't forget. Rosie the donkey. Yeah, is that Rosie? The donkey in the blacksmith shop. We get a glimpse of her when the soldiers show up and arrest Will. But I didn't find much information on the donkey this round because she was not involved with any real stunts. So there's no real record of her. Oh. But hey, who doesn't want a donkey cameo? So the question remains, is this the real Rosie the donkey from Curse of the Black Pearl? Or did they just find any old burrow and bring it in? Didn't really look like Rosie the donkey. But she has aged over those next three years. (laughs) Has been three years. So it's hard to tell, you know, being a... Stabbed with a hot poker can really put the gray hairs on you. And maybe that's why we don't recognize her. Or just all the fame and fortune that's become of Rosie the Donkey because of her appearance in Curse of the Black Pearl. She may not be doing all that work. And so she's just kind of filling out and having the easy life. Maybe. She's on easy street now. So that's all I got. And so now I'm leaving it wide open for you to enlighten us on whatever it is that you want to enlighten us on. Weddings. I knew it. Hanging weddings. <laughs> no hanging ones, but 18th century weddings. Okay, let's go. So I decided to look this up because I noticed Elizabeth what Elizabeth's dress was more of a gold yellow color. Yeah. And because of the strange wedding opening we got here with Elizabeth crying in the rain. So I decided to Isn't look this up. Isn't that a Willie Nelson song? Not crying Elizabeth, the- but crying in the rain is yeah. my song. Yeah. There you go. Shout out to Willie Nelson, (laughs) y'all. So I decided to look weddings up in the 18th century. Okay. Marriages did take place in the winter. Oh, really? So that would explain the rain. Hmm. Because of farming and plantation work, you had less to do in the winter than you do in the rest of the year. So November, December, and January were the time to get married. So the guys wouldn't be out necessarily tending the fields or having to do that, or they wouldn't be away on the ships as much. So they would be at home just kicking it. So you might as well get married. back in those days, there was a lot of leisure time. You could just play video games and do whatever you wanted because there wasn't any work to be done during the winter. Exactly. Ah, see, I knew those times were so great. You could put up with the the plague and all these other uh, cool things like diseases and stuff that ran rampant. Yeah. Just so you could have that leisure time. Yep. Exactly. Hmm. And the wedding cake. 
It's not like our traditional wedding quake. That's Kate. That's a faux pas. Our wedding was like an earthquake. (laughs) Shotgun wedding. (laughs) That's like sweet and, you know, that kind of thing. The wedding cakes back then were actually savory meat cakes. Or like a mince, a sweet mince cake. Like a mince meat pie kind of thing. But they'd have a glass ring hidden inside. Really? Yeah. And whatever, whoever got the glass ring. Needed a new freaking tooth. (laughs) Back in that day? That's brutal. (laughs) You're like, you bastard, I just broke my tooth. I got to get a wooden tooth. Yeah. It would be, they would be the next one to get married. It was said, you know, it was like the bouquet, you know. You throw in the bouquet, and the next one catches it. Is the next get married? Huh. Well, this was the ring and the cake at that time. But like you said, the the biting down on the ring probably lost too many people their teeth, and so that's why they switched over to the bouquet. No, did they really switch over to the bouquet? So what was was a bouquet a tradition at weddings in the 18th century? Do you know that? Yes, I do. Okay, it's been a tradition since the 15th century. Really? Yes, it has. So they did both. Yes. They threw the thing in the Well, and they I, I don't ring? think they threw the bouquet oh. at this point in time. Oh. Not yet. So that's probably maybe there was that transition. It's like, yeah. holy Jesus. <laughs> There's too many broken too many, teeth. Too many people died finding that glass ring. It's lodged in their throats. So like, when is Heimlich gonna invent this maneuver? <laughs> he never does. All these people die. And they finally like, we just gotta how about we throw flowers instead? Oh, good call. But we're also talking about the 18th century. They were a little more dainty than we are today. And they what probably they probably ate cakes with little tiny forks and really dainty like depends so on the wedding. So they wouldn't eat the ring. If you're having a meat cake, you ain't nothing dainty eating there. <laughs> if you're having a meat cake, you're you're gobbling that down. <laughs> I mean that's just hump. <laughs> it doesn't even sound good, a meat cake. <laughs> oh, I don't think you should knock it until you try it. They go pass. So since you wanted to go on to the bouquets, like I said, they started in the 15th century. But at that time, it was believed that the bride was so happy on her wedding day that the evil spirits would try to attack her and steal her joy. Really? Yeah. Well, holy Jesus. I mean, that's what happened here. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) And I'm not talking about between us because that definitely happened. I'm talking about between Elizabeth and... Her wedding, because she is definitely down on her luck. Yep. They stole her joy. Yeah. So in an effort to keep the demons away, they would actually have a bouquet full of herbs, spices, cloves, and cloves of garlic. Really? So yeah, it's like a vampire the, thing. To keep the evil spirits away so they can't steal steal your joy. So I wonder if that's where the vampire garlic Maybe. thing came from. Maybe. Or that was just incorporated from that legend, that myth, to have garlic. And it was used that. But it wasn't, I don't think, necessarily garlic, cloves of garlic for just vampires. Like you said, I think cloves of garlic and stuff were for all kinds of evil spirits. And that was the tradition that folded over into the Dracula myth. Yeah. Because they were The evil. vampire yeah. because they were evil on that stuff. Yeah. So that's probably more accurate. Yeah. And it wasn't until the 17, 1700s that bouquets started to um, being used to just add beauty and to compliment the dress or the gown. Wait, I didn't follow you. It wasn't until the 1700s that bouquets started being used just to add beauty. Yeah, I heard you, but what does that mean? Oh, the, the pretty, like with flowers and stuff, rather than the, the herb, spices? the smells. Okay, gotcha. Rather than the smells, 
It, they were now rather used... than to keep the evil spirits away during your wedding. Then it was like, hey, why am I holding this smelliness when yeah. I could be holding some cool flowers? Yeah. So at the in the 1700s, they switched over gotcha. to flowers, and so that's why Elizabeth had flowers and not garlic. I see. That makes more sense because I really like how you thought that I just didn't hear you. So you, yeah, repeated, I didn't think you, I had you repeat. repeated the exact same thing. Like, I don't understand. So you just repeat it like that's going to help me. Well, I thought I jumbled it. You know how I well, get Well, that's true. You do jumble things. <laughs> and then, actually, in the 18th century, brides wore uh, their best clothes. You know, normal. I think we said the Sunday's best, yeah? Yeah, Sunday's best. Type of that. They'd wear the Sunday's best. And not actually go out and buy. She probably did because well, she's I think rich. It's depending but on in your normal, status, yeah. they would they would just wear their Sunday's well, best it would be to like get married. Watching Braveheart, you saw people getting married just in regular clothes yeah. or just in. It depends all on your status on that. So that's the white dresses did not come in until Queen Victoria married Prince Albert. Huh. That's when white dresses, cool. white gowns, actually came. So in she into, set that trend. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And. Ceremonies weren't necessarily being held in churches all the time because churches were far away from where everybody, it was too difficult for everybody to gather to get to a church. So they'd have it like in the bride's house, their family home, or um, minister's home rather than a church. Uh So I found that kind of interesting. Which makes more sense. I mean, these... You got to imagine there weren't necessarily, I mean, there were some, but a lot of people that were getting married weren't necessarily in big cities, but there was a lot of rural agricultural areas and they just didn't have the availability or the money to be able to afford some of this stuff. And they didn't mail out invitations. (laughs) They actually just was verbal. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. I mean, depending on the year, it's like, when is a mailman ever going to get here? What's a mailman? And women were the only ones who wore wedding bands. That's the, so the guys could continue to play the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Men didn't actually start wearing wedding bands until the Second World War. Huh. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Most. There were a few, but hardly any now. Yeah, but rings and things, depending on the job, especially if you were in manufacturing and things like that, they could get cotton machinery oh, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So I know people today who don't yeah, wear their exactly, ring because, because of that. Because of that. So it's hard to say. Yeah. But it just wasn't the, the trend then. Yeah. The guys are like, no, this one's off limits. But the guys are like, I don't want to wear that. I'm available. Let me see. Anything else on weddings? That's pretty much all I have. Pretty much all you have? Well, or is that all, all you have? have. Then it's why are you lying to us? I don't know. So we ended on weddings as opposed to Rosie the donkey action. And that makes me a little sad. I and always... it's much better than yesterday's ending. That's true. Kind of. I mean, and it wasn't you even a... It- Hanging wedding. Wasn't yesterday you ended on the... Yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah. This is much... The apocalypse. Weddings are much We could have ended on donkey action, but you brought in weddings. It's almost like we had to end on a love note. Yeah. You have a problem with that? Kind of. So I guess that's it. And I guess I'll just uh, cry myself to sleep on my huge, huge pillow. I did bring up the rings. You were talking about people breaking their teeth on them. That's true. I mean, there's some solace in knowing that people died possibly at the weddings. Yeah, I'm not sure. (sighs) All right. Guess we'll just call it a day. So we'll be back tomorrow all sad and gloomy because we had a happy ending as opposed to, well, happy endings aren't that bad. Guess we could all use a little happy ending. So we'll be back tomorrow. I'll change my tune. We'll be back tomorrow with minute four of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, you scurvy, bug-ridden dogs, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum out there. Now get me my wine. I thought it's get me my grog. Get me my champagne. Get me...
Get me wedding. out of here. I Like, I didn't know that reference. <laughs> what is with you patronizing me today? Seriously. <laughs> hey, it's ridiculous. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.